0: Uh, Today we start a new sermon series, and we're going to deal with a topic called uncertainty. How do you deal with the uncertainty in your life? Uh, People ask me all the time, how do we come up with our sermon series? It's real simple what we do. We seek to find out where darkness is reigning or where it seems like the devil is winning because there is no word in that space. And then we seek to find the Word of God and shed some light in that space. Uh, Last year, 4 million people in one month left their jobs. They just said, I quit. And they went into a season of uncertainty. The question we have in this series is simply this. How do we handle the transitions in our lives? Uh, if you ask security companies, one of the places that most organizations, most buildings, most arenas are most vulnerable, it is in those transition places. And so they have to tighten security up if they want to keep an environment safe. One of the things we have to do in the spirit realm is we're most vulnerable when we're going through a transition. where we're, we're single and we're headed to get married. We, we were married, and then we began having kids. The kids were at home, and then they start leaving the house. You had one job, and you're moving to another job. You, you, um, you, you lived in one state, and you're now moving to another. How do we handle transitions in or lives When it's uncertain, when we're concerned, when we are worried, when we're insecure, how do we handle these transition moments in our lives? So that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks because we need to give you a system so you quit telling God that he told you stuff when you are just mad. <laughs> I'm leaving, I'm done. God told me my season here has ended, so I'm going to work for AT&T. Well, maybe not. I shouldn't call any companies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, AT&T. Forgive me, please. Um, uh, At least I said they're going to them. That's a good thing. Anyways, um, uh, but all I'm trying to address is too many people just feel something, and then they either go somewhere, move somewhere, get agitated, want to move on. So I want to address that issue and shed some light from the Word of God. I'm going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have your phone, um, tap there. If you have your uh, watch, uh, do whatever you need to do, but get to and meet me at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And then when you get there, will you stand all campuses and let's um, let's read the word of God. Look at your neighbor when you're getting up. And so we read, we read. Everybody reads out loud. Tap them, tap them, tap them. Here we go. Um, There are two words here that you need to know. When in the English, you just see it as the word time, but there are two different Hebrew words, or in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it is two different Greek words that are used for the same word in English. This word time can show up as either the word from which we get the word chronological, which is the way we human beings think about time. It's a specific point in time time It's a specific moment. <clears throat> and then that is, that is chronos. And then there's kairos, which is the way God views time, which is in seasons. There's a, there's a rhythm for God with time. That's why a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years. He thinks different. He stands out of time and interacts with us in time. And so one of the things we need to learn to do is get out of our time and get on God's time. Ah, but watch the text because the text is going to make it really clear today. Come on, here we go. There is an appointed. There we go. For everything. And there is a. For every event under. Now listen. There is an appointed time. So that means God has intentionally purposed all the events in your life. He either has allowed them. Or he has intentionally created them every event. So if something's happening to you, God is fully aware. Uh It's not a surprise to him. This, He didn't say, oh, oh, oops. He didn't do that. He knew it was there. What it means then is when we come to, there is a season. There is a season for every event under heaven. In other words, God says, everything starts and everything ends. Watch it now. So be careful that you don't fall in love with a season. Because some of you fall out of love with God and fall in love with the season you're in. So all of a sudden now you're mad because that season has come to an end. But now you're mad at God because God, well, I didn't want the season to come in. Now I wanted the season to continue. That's because you have loved the season more than you have loved God. Lord, have mercy. You can go now. We're dismissed. (laughs) Watch what he says now. He's going to show you seasons. All of of these words, when he uses the word time, it refers to a season. Next verse. Here we go now. Now he's going to do it in, in three rhythms. He's going to deal with the physical body. Then he's going to deal with the soul. Then he's going to deal with the spirit. And it covers All gamuts of human life and existence. He's now going to say, "Read it with me." There is a time to give, and a time to a time to, and a time to what is planted. Do you see what he says? He says there is a there's a time when you're going to give birth. There's a time when you're going to have an idea, and you're going to give birth to that idea, and it's going to be incredible. And then there's a time when that idea must die. Don't fall in love with your idea so that when God wants it to move on, you're still holding on. Singles, singles, come here, singles. Don't fall in love with a girl or a dude. And when God says he or she has revealed who they are, you're still holding on for dear life. The season is over. That's for somebody. Leave now. That's for somebody. Leave now. The season is over. Done. Deuces, dude. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. You don't know Jesus? I'm not fooling with you. I know you fine, but you don't know Jesus. I know you driving a fancy car, but you don't know Jesus. I'm one of his chosen ones. You ain't ready for me. Anyways, this ain't no single stock today. Come on, let's go. Um, (laughs) next, Next verse, next verse, verse three, verse three. Here we go. There's a time to. And a time to. There's a time to. And a time to. There's some things that you need to tear down. The season is over. And you must embrace the fact that God is moving you away From this thing that you should have tore down. And you want to tear it down before God has to tear it down. Because when God tears it down, pain is coming knocking at your door. Ah, Next verse. There's a time to. And a time to. There's a time to. And a time to. There's some of you who love your weeping season too much. Everything brings tears flooded. And you've been living there for too long. There's a time to weep, but there's also a time to laugh. Some of you don't know how to laugh. Some of you don't know how to laugh at yourself. You don't know how to make a fool of yourself and laugh. You take yourself too seriously. You ain't that serious. You take yourself too seriously. You don't know how to laugh at yourself. And when somebody cracks jokes at you, you be the first one to, <laughs> yeah, barely laugh on that one. <laughs> because you're, th- you're too straight. Loosen up. It's okay. Can I, get a, can I get a witness, somebody? Anybody have somebody in their life that take everything seriously? Yeah. Remind them that it's time to laugh. Next verse, next verse, next verse. Here we go. He says, there's a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. There's some of you that just love embracing. It's okay. I got two kids. One of them love embracing and one of them don't. It's hilarious to watch them. Because one, oh my God, another one is, next verse, here we go, here we go, <laughs> there's a time to, Search. and a time to give up as lost, why, why, why singles come, but there's so many of y'all singles in there that need to get talked to on this one, you need to stop searching, you need to be okay with who you are. You don't need anybody else in your life to make you feel good. Somebody need to hear this today. Actually, a mad person need to hear that too. The other person don't have to be perfect for you to be happy. Somebody up top, I see them, I see them. Right up there, right right up there. Right there. You need to stop searching. You've been finding all the wrong people. You ain't married yet. That means the searching ain't working. Rest in Jesus. I see you over there. Let's go. Come on. Y'all standing long enough. Come on. Next one. Here we go. Here we go. There's a time to tear apart and a time to sew together. Here we go. I have to stop on this one. I'm so sorry. There's a time to be... And why y'all, see, why y'all yell at that? Why y'all yell? <laughs> Silent. There, <laughs> there's a time to be, Silent and a time to. Speak. If you love to talk in here, wave your hand, wave your hand, wave your hand. I'm gonna talk. The more of y'all need to wave your hand in this section right here. Only two of y'all. If you love to talk, every time you hear something, oh yeah, I got something to say. I got something to say. Let me see your hand. Good. There's some of you. <laughs> that's some of you who don't like to speak. You just like to keep records of wrong. Now listen, 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 listen. listen. I'm gonna set you free. Talkers, this week, June Thanksgiving, don't talk. They would die. They sitting in the corner talking about. They die. You silent ones, your turn to talk this Thanksgiving. Just talk, talk, talk. Everything that comes to mind, say it. You'd be like, you don't want me to do that. (laughs) Come on. Hey, you're missing my point. Now, verse 8, come on. Last one, last one. There's a time to. And a time to. There's a time for. And a time for. Now, he shows you all the extremes. And he says to you, hey, there's a season for everything. Now, go to verse 11 your God loves you. Do you hear me? He loves you. Here's how he starts it out. He, meaning God, has made everything appropriate, one translation says, beautiful, one translation says, perfect, in its time. In other words, whatever season you're in, your God promises you that it's going to work out for your good and for his glory. That's good news. It don't matter how what it looks like. It don't matter what the circumstances, like. it don't matter if your heart has been pulled out of you. He says, I'm up to something. And I at the end of the day, you're going to ultimately thank me for that because you're going to see the full picture. You just seen through a glass darkly right now. You can't see the whole thing. So he says, if you will just trust me that I don't operate on your time, then you'll see what I do. Lastly, he says, number two. He says, he has ooh, He has also eternity in their You see, you missed this one. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I have placed something in your heart that nothing on earth can fulfill it. Nothing on earth. So if you're looking for something to fulfill your heart on earth, he has placed something in you that's transcendent. It goes beyond earth because it's asking you to look to him because he's the only one that can satisfy you. What he's saying is he intentionally did that. So there's some things that you're waiting for that you shouldn't be waiting for because you'll only be fully and finally satisfied when you see Jesus face to face. And he's intentionally done that. Then he has one more for you. Watch the text. Now, it's all in the Bible. That's why you don't have to do nothing but read it. Here we go, last one. He says, yet so that man will not Find out the work which God has done from the beginning, even to, in other words, he says, there's some things you won't ever know. There's some things you won't ever know. And don't you dare be God that you don't fully understand why he did something. And don't hate God because you don't understand. Because let me remind you of something. In the entire universe, this little speck right here. Oh, it's gone. That's how short your life is too. This little speck right here is gone. It ain't even this big. This is your life. This is you. This is you. No, that's still too big. This is you right here. This is you. This is you right here. And How dare you say to the God of the universe, why did you let this happen to me? What kind of audacity is that? To the king of glory, who hears eight billion prayers at the same time. You little small person. (laughs) There you go. Oh, you're still on there. Hold on. There you go. There you go. He says, really, you want to question me? Who will give you your next breath? He said, Sometimes I have you there and it's not for you to know till you get to heaven. And you need to settle that issue. You may be seated. You stand in there long enough. You stand in long enough. Don't you just love the, if you love the word of God, just give, you, just give God a round of applause for preserving his word. Ma, 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 ma. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to talk to you just for a moment about how to deal with transitions. We have four big rooms that we're going to talk about. This is the system that you're going to go through instead of just saying, God told me so. I want you to work on these four rooms that I'm going to walk you through. Today is the first one, and it's the waiting room. God's going to put you in a waiting room because you don't know what's next, and you're trying to figure out what's next, and you can't wait for what's next. But there's a waiting room that you have to go because he's got to deal with you on some stuff in the waiting room. But then there is the finishing room. That he's got to teach you how to finish well. Because many of you just want to walk out of the room instead of finish. Because how you leave something determines how you enter the next season. But that's next week. That's next week. That's next week. That's next week. Then we got to go in the examination room. And then lastly, we've got to get to the recovery room. Four rooms you've got to go through during your transition season to make sure that you are heeding the counsel of God instead of just blaming him for your rash reactions and t- blaming him. like You know what I wish? I really do. I wish that every time we said, God told me so, you'll get a scrape. <laughs> I really do. Because y'all be lying on God. In the Old Testament, they couldn't do it. But in the New Testament, y'all be lying on God and getting away with it. So I wish every time you, you just, a, and just a little birthmark to remind you. Yep. Yep, yep, you lied on me right there. Yep, yep. So that by the time y'all, your, your whole, your I mean, your whole body got scraped now. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll reverence God a little bit more, and not use His name so idly. Let's come up with a process. When, when we when we work working on the issue of how to make God honoring decisions, we gave you a whole system. We're gonna give it to you again next week. A whole system of these six questions is what you ask when you've got a big decision. We'll give it to you. Everybody will get it. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll come back next week, and you get that. Now this week, I'm gonna give you four rooms, and you can teach everybody you know on your job. They're going think you're a genius. Four rooms about what, how you process your transition as you walk through it. So. We get situated in the waiting room, everybody, and this is where we are, and we're wondering, God, what is next in my life? I do not understand what you're doing, but I am frustrated because I don't like some folk, and I want to get out, and I need you to show me what I need to do to get out. There's a difference between change and transition. A big difference between the two. In other words, when change show up, Change is usually fast. Put up those three for change for me. Change is usually fast. Three three kinds of change. You know these. One is where those those that uh, we don't choose, but we see them coming. You see it coming. Layoffs, you know, everybody laying folk off and everybody doing that. So you see it coming. So you you should have prepared already, but you start preparing a little more now because you see it coming. It happens in a day. One day you walk in uh, at, at 9 o'clock in the morning and you walk out at 9 15 with all your belongings. It happens fast. You're done. See you later. Bye. I get a little money for three months and you feel good, but no, you got to go find a job. The second one is those we choose ourselves. I can't stand this place. I'm out. I'm done. I can't stand A, B, C, D, E, whatever you can't stand. I'm done. I'm gone. And you just walk out of the situation. The third one, is the one that gets most of us, right? It's the one where it's those that flood our house at 2 o'clock in the morning. You sleep and you get that dreaded phone call at 2 in the morning. And now nobody in the house can sleep because you got them all up, worried about what you worried about. Make sense? Three. These are easy. These are instantaneous sometimes. They happen all the time. Not so with transition. Let me show you the difference between the two. Change says uh, it's like a flood... It comes on quickly, and you often don't see it coming. Change. It disrupts our lives and, and moves us into new seasons. Change. It is instantaneous and definite. Transitions, listen, listen, listen. Transitions on the other are different. Transitions are internal adjustments by which we reorient ourselves to the new. It happens on the inside, which is why we have to process it. There's things happening on the inside that you're not too sure about, and you can't just make a move. you got to process it. you got to talk to God about it. you got to seek counsel around it so that you're not just reacting to your emotions. It's called we got to grow up emotionally. The last one says this. It says transitions are gradual and imprecise. They are a process. It's not a moment. So then we have to come up with these rooms that we cycle through to make sure we are wrestling with the things that are going on inside of us. Because seasons change. Therefore, we must know how to handle every season that we're in. The first thing I want to teach you about seasons, Pastor Z, come on up here for a second. First thing I want you to know about our season is this. Everybody knows this. You've got got the time in the USA. Bring that one for me, Pastor Z. You got a time in the USA. Hold it yet. Don't bring it up. Stay right there. Stay right there. Yeah, time in the U.S. And the problem is most of us think everybody should operate on our time. And most of us think, well, what's important to me now should be important to you. It's like you have a friend in the, in the United Kingdom and you calling them. It is, what time does it say? It says 11 o'clock. You're, you're, you're talking at 11 o'clock and you calling them and not realizing it's about mm, 7 o'clock over there. Or you're calling at, you know, 9 at night. Don't realize that they're fast asleep where they are. But you want everybody to adjust to your time. But you don't want to make the adjustment to theirs. We do the same thing with God. Come on up here. Come on up here now, flip it around. We do the same thing with God. We have our time, and we say, God, I want you to make it beautiful in my time. And the first thing you need to know when you're in the waiting room is this. God says, I don't operate on your time. I operate on my own. So if you're going to make it through the waiting room, you've got to say to God, God, will you help me operate on your time and not on my time? God, will you help me? to transition into your time zone and walk away from my time zone because the Bible didn't say he makes all all things beautiful in my time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So your first thing you need to do is say, God, when you're in the waiting room, God, will you help me realize that I'm no longer operating on my time. I'm now operating on your time and I need to bombard heaven so that I can see your time and not be deceived that it should happen in my... Oh, that is a word today for somebody who loves to say, God, you've been fasting and praying for your time. You've been bombarding heaven for your time. And all God's been saying is, hey, 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 hey. Who's, who's sovereign again? Who's in control of it all again? It's me, right? Okay, then why don't you ask me, To give you some insight into my timing so that you won't be frustrated perpetually and forever. Your assignment is God, will you let us into your timing so we can walk in it and not in ours? Can I get a witness? Everybody, come on. All right. So then he says, so then he says, once you get in the waiting room, though, there are three kinds of people in the waiting room. You know this, and you've, you've probably been all three. The first opportunity is, is you can wait what we're going to call simply passively. That's when, you, that's when you whine and complain, they've forgotten me. They've overlooked me. They don't care about me. That's when you squander time in your mind complaining and doing your own self-talk about how you're better than everybody, but they just can't see it yet. And so you play the pity game and the victim game. Well, they're just always looking out for me. And you blame the I'm just another black man. and am just another black woman. And you blame, and you blame, and you blame, and you blame. Instead of saying, God, what are you up to? In my heart. Second one is, then you, then you wait recklessly. Oh, oh, you have done this before. That is, when you say, it's my turn now, and you force time. You're sick and tired of waiting, so I'm going to fix this. I'm sick and tired of y'all passing me over. So I'm going to show you all what I'm made of. I'm going to show. God, forget your time. I can't depend on you. That's why some of y'all leave God. Because you're sick and tired of waiting on God, and you're frustrated with God, so you want to walk away from him. Some of you have built on the faith because of it. You are tired of waiting, so you say, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. Some of you get a little reckless. You're in the waiting room, you're supposed to be chilling, and instead of chilling, you say, you know what, I'm going to take this chair up, I'm sick of all of y'all. And you're going to get violent because you don't get what you want. Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Some of you, you don't do that, but here's what you say, y'all better be grateful I'm a Christian. <laughs> the fact that you have to say that has said it all. Because God says, if you think it, that means you're not that saved as you think you are. So don't, don't, don't start the sentence, y'all better be grateful. Because it's revealing that you're not that godly. Because you think, if I don't do it, I'm good. But the Bible says, if you think it, you did it. So confess your sins right now. I'm sorry, God, for thinking it. God, I thought it this morning. <laughs> Forgive me, God, for thinking it this morning, God. But some of you, okay, okay, tell the truth. Watch this now. Watch this, everybody. Watch this. It, <laughs> she said, "Don't ask, don't ask." Have you ever acted recklessly, even when it was you, even when you were seven? Let's just give you an out. Even when you were seven years old, even if you did it last week, if you were seven, um, if you've acted recklessly in the waiting room, just wave your hand. Just wave your hand. Um, I'm a recovering, reckless waiter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know why some of y'all don't put your hand up. Oh, I know why. You're, not re- you're still in it. You haven't recovered yet. Because the first, <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the first definition of freedom is that you can define that you had a problem. That's for somebody. You can leave now. If you got the word, you can leave. The last one, however, is when now... You're waiting actively. Now you realize I'm being prepared. Now you realize that there is, I can leverage time. The first one, you squander it. The second one, you force it. Now you leverage in time because you know that the only reason you're in this waiting room is because God knows he's got something else for you. And you're waiting for God to do the inside work before you get out of the waiting room. You don't want to abort the waiting room. You want to wait till God does his full work so you can get to your next season. Ladies and gentlemen, far too many people said, I'm done. I'm not waiting no more. I'm going to do it. That's how some marriages start and fail. Because you got sick of it. You got sick of being alone. And so you say, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. That's how some of you all left your job and still don't have a job right now. Because you didn't leave well. So now when they call them back, and they always do, they, can, they, 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 they ask them, hey, did they ever work there between these days? And they said, that's all they got to say they know run as far as you can away from them because, because you didn't leave well and so you're in the waiting room but you want to get out so you prematurely get out and so you get to the next season but your heart's still raggedy so guess what God has to do put you right back in the waiting room because you still hate some folk because you still despise some folk because some of here can't stand them, I can't believe God placed you there at an appointed time. And he wants to get out of you what he wants to get out of you. And you need to allow him to do so. Is that all right, fam? Some of you, some of you will be like, oh, God, why did I come to church day I knew it. Turn the page over now. <clears throat> Let me show you what God is up to. <clears throat> Uh, some of you don't fully realize it yet, but you don't have to solve the whole problem of why I'm in the waiting room. All you have to do is ask God, God, what's next? What's coming next, God, in this whole situation? That's all you have to ask him. But you want to see the whole thing, and he just wants to tell you, here's what's next. In San Diego, when I lived there for a season, I did landscaping in college. One of the things you need to know about a bush is that with every rose bush. Um, There are three reasons why they get pruned. Three reasons. Reason number one is when they see um, one of the branches look dead, or one of the branches looks like they're not really doing enough, then they'll do the process of cutting it. And the reason they're cutting it is because they don't want it to take unnecessary nutrients from the other branches. So they'll cut it off. The second reason is the lower branches, if you want it to grow full and lush, the lower branches, it's short because the lower branches are taking all the nutrients. So the more you cut off the lower branches, the more the nutrients go all the way up to the top so it can shoot out. But the third reason, the most important reason, they prune rose bushes are because sometimes it, bears too, it has too many buds. And if you let all the, bu- the, the buds bloom, then you'll have average roses. But if you cut some off and prune some, then the ones that you will have will be picture perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have today is too many people being good at too many things. And good is the enemy of the best. And so what God has to do sometimes is he has to take you in the waiting room so he can prune some because you're doing too much with the gifts and abilities he has given you. And he wants you to get zoomed in and focus on what he's called you to do, but you can't do it because you're too good at too many things. So the reason he takes you into the waiting room don't have nothing to do with the people around you at your last job. Don't have nothing to do with the relationships and your in-laws. It has to do with he's trying to take some of the things that you're good at away from you so you can do the things that only you can do. It is a gift to be in the waiting room that you should have a praise party about and you should thank him because he's preparing you for the next season But if you keep looking at at it as God's trying to punish you, then you'll never see it as a gift. And therefore, you'll never appreciate all that he has for you. In addition to that, therefore, there are four things I want to give you and then I'm done. Four things I want to tell you that you need to be doing while you wait. These are huge. I learned them from a mentor of mine when 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 somebody invited me into his space. There's a mentor of mine that I listened to in San Diego when I went to college there. And I listened to him for the last, for literally for 10 years when I was in college, um, undergraduate and graduate work. Um, for 10 years, I listened to him on some cassette tapes every single day, literally for 10 years, no joke. And he is the, the, the leadership guru of America. He has the number one selling leadership book in all the world. I listened to him for 10 years. And then one day, a year ago. A pastor friend of mine called me and said, we went to, we're speaking at the same place. And he says, hey, man, where we we're passing. The same place. Let's hang out. I said, us yeah, that's cool, good. And then I tell him the story about how I listen to this dude every single year for 10 years and how he's changed my life. And every room I go into, he's in there because he's in my mind because I've read and listened to so much of what he's done. So this dude says, okay, cool. I didn't know that you, 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 he has influenced you like that. So then he said, he picked up the phone about two days and said, hey, um, I want you to come have lunch with me again. True story. I said, sure, what, 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 where do you want to go? Um, Chipotle? What, 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 do you, what do you want to do? He says, no. He says, no, 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 no. I want you to meet me in West Palm Beach. I said, who paying for that flight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so anyway, long story short, I got to go. Um, so then he says, yeah, come with me. So we, we, I went with him, and, and, and then he took me to this place. This place, that I went For real? Tiger Woods is on the waiting list. So then I said, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) She didn't walk in. This is a true story. And guess who was at the table? My mentor. But I was only mentoring. He was mentoring me from books. But he was not beside me. And I was like, no, no joke. This is my, I'm not kidding you. This is the truth. This is what I did. Compose yourself, compose yourself. It's okay, it's okay. God works everything beautiful in his time. It's okay, it's okay. No joke, I said nothing for 30 minutes because I could not believe I was at this table. After 30 minutes, the the, the Lord reminded me that he's a man like I am. And so I just need to relax and ask him questions. So then I started. And everything I'm going to tell you now, he told me. Everything I'm going to tell you. Um, He said, he's 76 years old now, and at 76, he says, he's having the greatest influence in all his life. Because he didn't retire from something, he retired to something. He said, too many of y'all love to retire from something. In other words, you can't wait to get out of there. He says, that's not me. I prepared myself for the season I'm in. So I couldn't wait to get to this season because I know I'd have more fun and it would be my greatest season yet. What is he doing now? He's going all over the world. And he's speaking to sheikhs. He's speaking to uh, political leaders. He's speaking to business leaders all across the whole world. And he's sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to more Muslims than any other organization on the planet. And he's doing it through leadership. And here's all he said. I didn't retire from something. I retired to something. Now, here's why this is important. Then he says, but I've been planning this retirement to what I want to do for the last 20, 30 years. He says, you see, when you retire, talking to me now, you just want to leave something. He said, I couldn't do that because I have the rest of my life to live. Now, listen, no, listen, no, listen. So then he says, the thing that you love to do the most is you care only about the room you're in. He says, you don't care about the rooms that you're not in. He says, the only way you can care about the rooms that you're not in is if you write and if you do podcasts. He says, the only way, because then they can listen to you and learn from you when you're not there. He says, but, but you're not committed to it. Then he says, there are five things I do every day, and you don't do one of the five I do. He says, one of the five things I do every day is I write every day. He says, but you don't write every day because you don't think you need to. But if you care about rooms that you're not in to influence people with the message that God has given you, then you better write because that's the only way some of them are ever going to know who you are and what your thoughts are. Are you following me on this, y'all? It blew my mind. He says, from now on, he he really commanded me, but he tried to say nice. From now on, he says, I need two books every year. Then he said, number two, second thing he told me, I'm going to give it the four in a minute. Second thing he told me, he says, the next thing I want you to do is, is you need some friends outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. He says, your circle is too small. He says, do you know how you got by me? Somebody in Dallas knew me. The person you've been listening for 10 years, you could have met him a long time ago. But you're in your own space. And you don't want to get out of your own space. He says, go talk to some other people. Not for what they can give you, but how you can bless them. All right, all right. He says, every month I need to have 10 new friends outside of DFW. Whoa. 10. Just go talk to people. I say, hey, here's a question. You need Everybody you meet, you need to ask them, who do you know that I should know? But to do that, you have to humble your little self. Yeah. To do that, you can't care about your own. Well, well, why you don't just give it to me? Just give me. You know, why do I have to ask you? Why do I have to ask you? Because there's some things you need to learn to ask for. Nobody will hand it to you on a silver plate. So here are the four things he told me to do. Number one. Number one, he says, when you're in the waiting room, here's what I want you to do. He didn't, count, he didn't couch it like this. This is how I'm couching it, but this is basically what he said. He says, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to build a network. I want you to get some new friends. You have the same old friends for the same old time. And he don't mean best friends that, you, that this is your boy and all. He just means people that you know that you can call that will pick up your phone and give you five minutes. You need some other people. Because, he says, it's not what you know that makes stuff work in this life. It's who you know. He says, you know that as a believer. He says, because you know Jesus, there's some things you don't worry about. Then he told me this little deal. It blew my mind. He says, do you know? Watch this, y'all. He says, he says um, for, the, for the white businessman. Listen, this true story. He said, white businessman. He said, he said 80% of them, their friends give their sons their first job. He says, you, don't know, you do not want to know what it is for African-American families. But he says, their friends, they said they don't even need a degree to get it. Their friends just hook him up and say, oh, yeah, let him come work for me. I'll hook him up, and I'll let him learn on the job, and he don't even need a degree. He's good. Just let him come, and we'll go. You know what happened to us? We got to go all over the world, making $5 an hour, trying to make it. All because your network is too small. Can I get a witness, somebody? Can I get a witness, somebody? So do now, don't wait till you need it, put the work in now. Don't wait until your son getting ready to graduate college or high school and say, oh, 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 can somebody? No, no, it's too late. Go develop the relationship. And it don't mean every day. It just means get, anyways, number two, let's move on. Um, um, I got to go. Oh, Jesus, I got to go. Number two, scenario plan your best options. Scenario plan your best options. What does that mean? While you're in the waiting room, come up with some stuff that you might want to do later in life. Don't go do it, test it first. If you want to be a teacher, don't just leave your job and go be a teacher because six months into it, them kids might drive you nuts. I can't stand them. I don't just stand there and snot. they snotty little kids. I can't stand. Well, you could have known that if on your job, you took a day off and you substitute on your day off. And see if them kids light a fire in you. Or if all that's happening is they're getting on your last nerve. You want to own a business? Go work for one first. And talk to somebody who's in one and go work for them and see if you like the totality of what business owners do. Just because it's a fad where everybody wants to start their own thing and do their own business, don't mean you should do it. Test it first. See if you like it first. Go work for a day with them and see if this is going to be cool. Don't just look at the money. Uh, Get a side hustle, everybody. Figure out how it goes. Number three. Watch this. Number three. Find a guide. Somebody who will inspire you along the journey. This is so important. Somebody who will inspire you along the Somebody who is doing what you want to do, and you don't need to. They're not going to give you their whole time. If they give you their whole time, they're not worth their salt. They're going to give you 10, 15, maximum 20 minutes to just interact with them, and you better have some great questions to ask. And then they're going to say, here's what I want you to do, and then they'll give you some ideas for you to go do. But they're saying, find somebody who inspires you along the journey. I could tell you three, I am so incredibly blessed to have some great people that have led me along the way. And I want the same for you. Number four, he says, you got to get an advisory board. Four people that are godly, four people that are wise, and four people that have proven that they'll do things that are unpopular. The last one is very important. So now, I'm going to give you some questions to ask. I'm going to give you some questions to ask that you should. Um, Yesterday, I'm going to close with this. Some questions to ask. Let's give you four. Four to ask your, the people who you're trying to get in your network. And then four to ask the people who are on your advisory board. The first one, four to ask the people in your network. Four questions to ask the people in your network. Here they are. Number one, you should ask them, voila, okay, it's not there. First question to ask is this. It is, what were the most helpful strategies that got you back to where you are? You should ask that question. What are the most helpful strategies that got you back to where you are? Number two, what do you know now that you wish you had known 10 years ago? Number three, what would you do if you were me? You told them your story, ask them, if you're in my shoes, what would you do? Last one, what do you know that I need to know? Then you also must ask them, who do you know that I need to know? And they'll give you a hookup that will change your whole life. Your job is to simply ask. The four ones that you should ask your advisory board about you. Here they are. Four of them you should ask your advisory board about you. Let's flip it up and let's go from there. Hey, you should be able to tell them what you're excited about. Number two, you should be able to tell them what you're worried about and a good one will ask you what are you angry about. Because they want to know what frustrates you in your current role. And they want to unpack that because they want to deal with what's going on inside of you that caused you to do it. Number three, they want to know what one area do I need the most help with? Last one is, what would you do if you were me? Incredibly helpful questions for you to ask. Some of you notice, some of you don't. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was ready to go. I was, I was done. I was ready to quit. I don't want to do this no more. I'm done. And I had an advisory board. I have elders here, and I have four guys outside of here. Most of you know all four of them. And, um, and when I get went to them, I said, hey, man, here's what I'm feeling. Because, listen, because they've been there before, because they've wanted to quit before, they could tell me things like, you didn't call yourself to this, so you can't quit. <laughs> no, your elders can fire you, but you don't get to quit because you, you didn't call yourself to ministry. God <laughs> called you. It'll take some seasoned men to tell you that right in your face like this. Then, then, then there's stuff like, well, why are you mad? What's frustrating you? And then you could share their heart with them. And they'd say, and they're done that. And because guess who frustrated me? <laughs> <laughs> and they could say, okay, that's a part of the assignment. No, go back to God and ask him to give you the power he has equipped you to do what he's called you to do. Does that make sense, everybody? But you need some people around you that love you enough to do. So all I'm asking you to do, please, when you're in the waiting room, go get you some new friends. When you're in the waiting room, will you please go figure out what are some options that you can do for your next season? When you're in the waiting room, go find a guy that can help you along the journey. When you're in the waiting room, lastly, can you go get an advisory board? To help you unlock the dark side of your own life. Is that all right, family? Come on, give it up for God for that. Give it up for God.